Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, February 8, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on our hands? We have a breakout to new highs, another new closing all-time high. We let the market go. We're in the midst of another melt-up phase. How high will the melt-up phase take us? Will we have a blow-off top that goes up perpetually for several days in a row? It's possible we don't know. Here's how we treat this once again. I can't say this enough times. Here's what you do with one of these situations. You wait for the market to give you a sign or signal of a trend change. What is that? It's a complete lesson in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Once they do that, they give us something to trade against. It may be right, it may be wrong, you may have to take another crack. That's what happens when the market is in the midst of making a high. Has it made a high yet? No, it hasn't. Is it in the process of making a high? Yes, it is. Why do I say that? How do I know that? Why can I be confident of that? Well, couple of things. Here's how that works. When you do work on the market, whether it's work on a specific number for a specific trade, whether it's longer term cycle work that we're really referring to right now, when you take a position, when you complete your work and you say, this is what I believe is going to happen. You've done the work, you're confident in your work because you have your own results to pit against from the past. I have that. So here's how this works. I'm 100% confident that I'm going to be right. If I'm not right and the market keeps going perpetually up north, it doesn't matter if we're waiting for a sign or signal of a trend change and they don't give it to us and they keep going higher. Well, then they won't put in a sign or signal of a trend change. Then it's no harm, no foul. And I'll have been wrong. And that's the way this works. But when you take a trade or you make a specific call on the market, you have to be 100% confident that you're going to be right with the caveat that there's no chance in heck that you're going to be right 100% of the time. It's the separation between conviction and non-conviction. I have conviction that I'm going to be right. We've talked about the next potential timing the next potential important time frame that we're coming up to. When was that going to be? It was going to be around the third week in February. What are we doing now? We're trading up into the third week in February. So what's that going to tell us? If in fact the third week in February is going to be important, the market should make a turn. What if we were going down? What if we were trading down into the third week in February? What would we be talking about? we would be talking about finding a low. We're not trading down, we're trading up. They're making new highs. As far as I'm concerned, they're trading up into a culmination of an important time. Time is more important than price. I can't tell you what the price is gonna be. We're at new highs. Now, regardless of the fact that the market's making new highs, can we take away something from the market every single day? The answer is yes. What are we gonna learn today? Well, let's drill down to a five-minute chart. We're going to look at some others. What we want to discuss now is from an intraday perspective. Remember, all charts act and react the same way. So if we look at something from an intraday perspective, can we translate that to things we always discuss and things we notice on longer-term charts? 
hourly charts, daily charts, weekly charts, monthly charts? And the answer is, yes, we can. All charts act and react the same way. So the question is, the low that was made today, and just to set the table, right of the vertical is today's activity. The low that was made today, where is that number coming from? Where is that zone coming from? Why did the market make a low there? Well, what if we just pan back a little bit and see a little bit longer term of a chart and see what that chart tells us? Now we swap over to a 15 minute chart and all of a sudden the picture becomes a little bit clearer. And some of you will know exactly where I'm going with this. And those that don't are going to learn something because you're going to hear this over and over and over again. So what the market did today was gap up. Fair enough. So the market gaps up in the morning and then it begins to just tread water, goes sideways, finally begins to come down. Where does it come down to? On a micro scale, it came down to the most recent breakout area. How does that work? Well, Friday, the market gapped up to here, consolidated for a while, went back and forth. And what we know from Friday's activity is this price here and this price here were important to the market. How do we know that? Because the market went up to them and it couldn't get through them. It was rejected on a micro scale. Okay, fair enough. So what happens today? The market gaps up. We'll get some of those lines off the chart. The market gaps up and then does what later in the morning? It comes back down to check in at what? A former breakout area. Now, I had a member that emailed me, hey, is this going to be a good spot if, and it was a big if, it was long before the market got there, it was if the market comes down to this spot, can this be a trade? And the answer was, it can be a trade, but you really have to be willing to play ball or buy the market again at the gap. That was what kept me away personally from that particular spot. There's a couple of intangibles going on here at the same time. You have to put it in perspective. We're back to the daily chart. We're at new highs. It's not easy just to buy the market at new highs, assuming it's just going to grind higher. It may just grind higher, but it's not the easiest trade on the board. So that being said, in my mind, which is also AKA a dangerous place to be, in my mind is, hey, if I was willing to take a trade for a scalp trade, we're not marrying the thing, just for a trade. If I was willing to, where would be the best spot? Back to the shorter term chart. For me, at the time, the best spot or at least the better spot would have been the gap down here. And that gap would have officially been filled when the market reached 387.67, give or take. It depends on what chart you're looking at the gap, it could change by a few pennies in either direction. So that's just a little bit of a synopsis inside my head on that particular question, on the intraday movement, why not the breakout area, what was the breakout area all about, all that stuff is a little bit of a lesson learned trade school 101 intraday stuff. What about inside the numbers? What happened inside the numbers today? Well, as we know, the market floated around for the most part all day long after the gap up. So here's what we'll do. We'll get back to stocks on the move in a moment. There were a couple of trades that hit their numbers. So we do want to review the charts. Also, I'm going to scroll up and let you read the notes, but I'm not going to really detail out the notes. 
Why? Because there wasn't really anything to discuss inside the numbers in terms of the S&P commentary. The market went sideways all day long. You'll see a couple of things in here that are takeaways. You'll see a couple of lesson learned. That's why I need you to read the stuff, go back to the charts and double check the work. If you're at all interested in inside the numbers, if you're active during the trading day at all, then you want to know about this information because it is really a good tour guide type of situation for a lot of traders during the trading day. So for today, just read the notes, go back and see what the lessons were that were takeaways, learning opportunities throughout the day. We try and give something to everybody, provide something to everybody. Sometimes we have SPY trades, sometimes we have two, three, four trades a day. Sometimes we have some stocks on the move and no SPY trades. That was today. There really wasn't anything to do with the S&P 500. However, let's check out TCS and WKHS. We're also going to take a look at CCIV for the proverbial heartbreak situation. So what we'll notice real quick is TCS had an entry of 1485, workhorse 3773. We're also going to take a look at the last one, CCIV down at $30.20. We're going to take a look at that chart in a little bit more detail. Why? Because we're going to learn something. In fact, let's start with that one. So here in the middle of the day, all of a sudden, this stock just continues to collapse or it starts to collapse goes all the way down to make a low of $30.30. The number on the board long before the market opened was $30.20. That was identified as a destination. So here's the thing. If you see the stock running down there fast, it's likely the destination, which is why they're trying to get there in a hurry. They do that. When they do that, we like that situation. We like that a whole lot more than a creeping market. So you can see what happened. All of a sudden, CCIV comes down, it fills a gap, turns around, and has a rocket ride in the other direction. Now, let's take a look at what went wrong here. $30.20 was my number, and here's a gap over here, $30.40. Why wasn't I at $30.40? Did I make a mistake? Did I screw everybody over? Well, here's the hourly chart. What's the gap here? How about $30.20? So the gap on an intraday shorter term chart was slightly higher. They chose not to go fill the hourly gap before turning around and having a rocket ride in the other direction. How about the daily gap at $30.22? So you can see why I selected the $30.20. By the way, normal garden variety market behavior is to spike through the gap a little bit. Not every time, but a lot of the times they do. Today, they picked another number, turned around, and went back in the other direction. The takeaway, the numbers work. How about workhorse? Wasn't really getting that much of a haircut at the opening bell. In fact, after the open, they went up to try and fill the gap, then they came back down. However, it was a stock on the move, I had a destination that I could identify, and that being the case, you never know what day, which stocks are going to get to their destination. That's why you see five, six, seven, eight on the board. I can identify the destination. I just can't guarantee you they're going to get there today. Well, this one was on the board. They got there today. $37.73 was destination number one. What did they do? They spiked it. They turned around, went back in the other direction, 
just as prescribed. The numbers work. They went back over $40 on a $37.73 entry to get up over $40. You can do the math. It's better than a base hit. Similar situation, they did fill the gap at the open, opened below the gap, ran up to fill it, and then came back down on the container store. 1485 was the number identified pre-market, long before the opening bell. Why? Because it was a destination. What did they do? The same thing Workhorse did. They went to go run a test of the destination. It was a successful test. They went, turned around, back in the other direction. Again, we try and have something for everybody. SPY trades on a regular basis. Lower price stocks like this one, $14.85. Higher price stocks, $80, $100, $200, $50. The higher price stocks move more. They're easy to get the base hit. However, the lower price stocks still do the thing they're supposed to do. You just have to know what you're dealing with. When you're entering a trade for a scalp trade at $14.85, you're not looking for it to go back to 20. Maybe it does, but that's not the objective. Just to give you a hint, 1% is 15 cents. If you get 30 cents out of it, that's like a home run. It's not quite a home run, being a little bit over dramatic, but you get the point. Stocks on the move, the numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? What do we do with this particular tape? Well, here's the deal. You're up almost six bucks, two and a half plus percent on the day. Again, the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. This was not up this much on tremendous volume. So it's not necessarily a blow off top type of day. However, if it is up tremendous in one day on excessive volume, that's something different. That's not the case today. Therefore, we say the trend is our friend and there's probably more upside in the IWM. Same routine as the other stuff. You wait for a sign and a signal of a trend change. Until and unless that happens, the trend is your friend until when? Until she dumps you. Net-net with the IWM. If you're long, you stay strong. If you're not, you're just a spectator. Move it along. The financials, the XLF, up back near the old highs from a couple of weeks ago. Guess what? They're running to fill the gap. That's where they're headed. Are they going to continue higher? Are they going to bust out? Well, here's the way we read that. If the S&P is going to keep going and the IWM is going to keep going and the Qs, which we'll take a look at in a moment, if they're going to keep going, then the financials are likely going to keep going. It's all the same market. A rising tide lifts all boats. That's just the way it works. Not all in the same day, not each and every day. But for the most part, when you look at the longer term charts, they're all going to follow suit in terms of the trend. Went out of order there. Sorry about that. Let's take two steps back because we need to address what's going on with the folks down at the transportation department. What have we been talking about? We've been talking about a couple of things. If they were able to recapture the breakdown candle high, which was 12,540, they would run into the moving averages. They did that. Now they got over the moving averages. The trend on the daily chart is back up north. And where are they going? Where did they go today? To run a test of the breakdown candle high, 12,905. What was the high today? 12,894. Close. What's the real resistance? A little over 13,000. 13,000 will act magnetic. They'll get to 13,000. They'll probably punch through 13,000. If they can close over 13,000 on the day, 
after day after day. That's a whole nother story. Otherwise, 13,000, at least on the first hit, should be overhead resistance. What about the Qs? Pushing to new highs, new closing all-time high. Anything to do here? No. If you're long the Qs, you stay long and strong. If you're not, it's a spectator sport. You're not going to hop on here. Look at the weekly chart. The trend is your friend until it's over. You'll see all kinds of stuff out there on the interwebs about this is a rising wedge and all that kind of stuff. And eventually it'll prove true. But that doesn't tell you how high it's going to go. Smash mouth, above all the moving averages, say it after me, the trend is your friend until she dumps you. Here's a weekly chart. What happens if they close the week? And this is only Monday, so we have a long road ahead. But what happens if they close the week above the last breakdown candle high? Well, the same energy that would have normally been released in the downward direction, the southern direction, as a result of the breakdown candle high, guess what? It gets released up north. So guess what? There's a lot higher prices if they can close the week above the breakdown candle high. It's not like locked in stone. It's not a guarantee, but that's the normal thing that would happen. So guess what? We take the market at face value. Why is that? Because the market's going to do the same thing over and over and over again within reason. It's not identical every time, but for the most part, it does the same stuff over and over and over again, like 80, 85% of the time. That's why we use the 80-20 rule. Sometimes it does the other thing. That's the anomaly. We look for the norm. We don't look for the thing to fail. We don't look for the odd thing to happen. We need to be able to recognize the odd thing when it's taking place. That's how we can take advantage of it. You don't assume the odd. You assume the norm. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.